and to Jesus be the glory and the praise. And God's wonderful people said, Amen. And thank you for being with me today. I'm teaching today on life in Jesus. What does it mean to be in Christ? Now listen, when you and I began the Christian life, we said Jesus is in my heart, but our destination is we in his heart. We'll talk about that. And again, thank you for being with me. I pray the Lord would use this teaching to strengthen you and bless you richly. And Lord, thank you for your sweet and wonderful word. To you belongs the glory. All the honor and the praise touch our hearts, I pray today, through your blessed word, in Jesus' name. God's people said, Amen. All right, John 14, let's begin with verse 15, and I want to show you one beautiful statement the Lord made. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, shall be in you. Now watch this. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me not, or no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. In that day, it's very important. In that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me. I in you. So here the Lord begins by telling us, if you love me, keep my commandments. I'm going to pray the Father, who's going to send you the Holy Spirit, who will be with you forever. I will not leave you without comfort, or as orphans I will come to you. And then he says, now, in a little while, the world will not see me. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you in me, I in you. Now, in Christ was a favorite expression of the Apostle Paul. And what did he mean by that? What did he mean by in Jesus, living in Jesus? Okay, Jesus in me when I got saved. That's our initial surrender to the Lord. Then we surrender fully when he is not just in us, we're in him. So the Lord himself is the one who spoke it first because he made it very, very clear. He said that he will be, let's look at verse uh, 20, at that they shall know that I am in my Father, you are in me, I'm in you. But he was talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. So the coming of the Holy Spirit would be, would be more than just uh, filling us. The Lord wanted us to know that, that the relationship with him will enter into a glorious phase. So the coming of the Holy Spirit not only would bring the infilling and the empowerment for the Christian life, it would bring us into a glorious place where we are now in process. We begin living in Jesus, not only the Lord in us. So at this point, the Lord made a, this mysterious statement that the disciples found kind of difficult. So he said now, and let me just look at that with you again. 
he said, uh, in just a little bit, the world will not see me, but you will. That's in verse 19. Yet a little while and the world will not see me, or see me not, no more, but you see me. Because I live, you live also. So the first thing he said is that he's going to give us spiritual sight. Because this is, listen, this is how we begin entering in Jesus. It begins with spiritual sight. Number two, he said, because I live, you will live also. And he's promising here spiritual life. So this is so powerful because verse 19 and 20 are kind of together. So look look at it again. Verse 19. Yet in a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live. Spiritual sight, spiritual life. And then he said, and in that day, what day? The day of Pentecost. On that day, you will realize, when the Holy Spirit comes, that I'm in my Father, you are in me, and I'm in you. That's what he said in verse 20. In that day, you'll know I'm in my Father. You in me, I in you. So the coming of the Holy Spirit brought that glorious face to us. When we, we, we can begin living in Christ. So when you and I began at salvation, Jesus is in my heart. But the process is, the destination is, you and I will be in his heart. And that's what Pentecost began. That's what the coming of the Holy Spirit does. It brings us into a glorious place where we begin to receive spiritual sight, spiritual life, and now something else. So the Lord now is saying to them that um, Pentecost is not a past experience or a past event. It's a present experience. So we go from spiritual sight now to spiritual life. But let me talk first about spiritual sight. In in First Peter, in First. Let's go to First Peter together. This is really beautiful. Chapter 1 and verse 8. So his disciples would still see him, in other words. The Lord said, I, you will see me. But he didn't mean physically. He meant spiritually. And also, he was saying to us that our spiritual sight would be more powerful than our physical sight because it's by faith. And Peter mentioned that in 1 Peter 1, 8, when he said, whom having not seen you love, you have not seen him physically, but you love him, in whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So what the Lord meant by spiritual Sight is the, the eyes of faith, the eyes of faith. And he will be more real to you, what Peter is saying here, that Jesus is more real to you than if you would see him physically, whom having not seen, First Peter 1, 8, yet you love him, in whom though now you see him not, 
yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That is not the result of physical sight. That's the result of spiritual sight. You know, they saw the Lord 2,000 years ago, and they rejected him. They said, crucify him. They didn't love him, did they? But when God gives us by the Holy Spirit spiritual sight, now the eyes of faith open up. We see him in his fullness. And the result is not only joy, unspeakable, but also glory, full of glory. Now, when we talk about John 14, 19, because I live, you live also. The Lord is telling us that we will experience resurrection life. Not just spiritual life, I mean sight, but also resurrection life. Because spiritual life is resurrection life. In Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 1, now we, we, we're going to look at something really powerful. Ephesians 1 verse 18 Notice what Paul says first. He talks about spiritual sight, but then he talks about something else in Ephesians 2. He says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So when you and I receive spiritual sights, we begin to know why he called us. The riches of the glory that God wants us to experience. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? This is incredible. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So when you and I begin to see spiritually, it's the power of the resurrection that, that enables us to see and rejoice with glory. <laughs> and then in, in Ephesians 2, look what it says. In Ephesians 2, verse 1 through verse 5. And you hath he quickened. Here is spiritual life. Jesus said, you will see me because I live, you will live. And this is what brings us into life in Jesus. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. I'm going to read right through verse 5. Among whom also we had our conversation or conduct in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh, and so on. But God, verse 4, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has what? Quickened us. Give us life together with Christ. And now verse 6, and has raised us up together, watch this, and made us sit together in heavenly places. So now not only are we raised from the dead by life, but we are told that this power will keep us uh, in union. Spiritual union is now the third result. The third revelation, spiritual sight, spiritual life, and union, because he mentioned that in John 
1420. Remember he said, I'm in my father, you in me, I in you. That's union. And that union now will bring us to a place where it says in verse 6, he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow. So the Lord promised us in John 14, beginning at verse 15 right through, sight, life, and union with him. And sight is faith. Life is resurrection. Raised us up together. And now union, you're sitting with him in heavenly places. John chapter 15 gives us something incredible about this. So in John 15, and you know, uh, it's uh, there's a lot here to say, beginning, beginning at verse 1, uh, I'm the vine, you're the branches, I'm the vine, my father is the husband, man, you are the branches. And then the Lord goes on to say, in verse 5, and now you can read all this for yourself, of course. I'm the vine, you're the branches, he that abides in me and I in him. Union. The same brings much fruit. You, with, without me, you can do nothing. So he, so he says, I'm the vine, you're the, you, you're the branches. It begins with sight, then life, then union. You can't enter into union with the Lord. You cannot live and be in Jesus without first receiving spiritual sight. In a little while, I'm gone. The world will not see me. You'll see me. Because I live, you live. And now on that day, you will know that I'm in my Father. You're in me. I'm in you all in John that I read earlier from chapter 14, beginning at verse 15 right through 21. And life in Christ begins with sight. Number two, and it's the coming of the Holy Spirit, he, he told us in John 14, that will give us sight, brings us into a new place, a new dimension, a new phase in, 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 in the Spirit. It's not about the infilling. It's about this new place also where we begin to see by faith where Jesus becomes more real to us than if we see him physically. And now because he lives, he lives, we live in him, and meaning we rise to a new place from the dead, literally is what Paul said in Ephesians 1. Raised us up together, made us sit together, Ephesians 2. But then this union Jesus talked about in John 15. Now, you know, uh, the vine... Uh, has very little trunk. It's nearly all branches. So Jesus is the whole vine. When we are saved, we become united with him. We become a part of him. The branches are in the vine. The vine in the branches. Without branches, there's no vine. We are in him, he's in us, because there's not much, uh, you know, there's just a very small trunk. So a vine and the branches are one. 
when the branches go, the vine disappears. So God's fullness is in Jesus. And here's the powerful thing. And all that fullness becomes ours. I'm going to say it again. God's fullness, Colossians 1, I want you to see Colossians 1 and Colossians 2. Colossians 1, 19. It says, it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. So God's fullness is in Jesus. He is the fullness of the Godhead. But look what it says in Colossians 2. I'm, I'm trying to show you who you are. What life in Jesus is all about. Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are, you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. Wow. So he's the fullness of God. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. Colossians 1.19, what does it say again? It says, it pleased the Father in him all fullness will dwell. In Colossians 2, you begin there at verse 9. In him dwells the, all the fullness of the Godhead. Bodily. And you are complete in him. Now what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 3. And verse 14. I hope you're writing all this down. Jesus, I worship you. All right, let's go together to Hebrews chapter 3 now and look at this incredible verse 19, uh, sorry, 14. Hebrews 3, 14 says, For we are made partakers of Christ, oneness, union, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So all we have to do is what? Abide. Abiding is the key to victory in the Christian life. Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. I'm the vine and you're the branches. So abide. Stay connected to the Lord. You know, I've said this many times before. The Christian life is not about trying or trying harder. It's about yielding. It's about abiding. And abiding happens when we surrender to him. Let him live his life through us. That's what brings you to the place where you'll be in, in Jesus. Abide in me and I in you. But notice it begins by our responsibility we we make the decision to abide in him and then he abides in us it's like draw close to god then he'll draw close to you abide in me and i in you not not the other way around as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine no more can you except you abide 
in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, so it always begins with us, the same brings forth much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. Beautiful. So the one who maintains union with the Lord, he's the one that will continue to that final destination. I, I had a vision years ago of myself that I've shared with you maybe in the past. Maybe some of you have not heard it. I saw the Lord. This was back in the, in the 70s. I was in prayer, and I saw the Lord standing in this vision in my room, and I was a, a cripple. I, I was, like, bent over, and I was bondage and dark, uh, dark brown atmosphere around me, and I kept hearing him say, come. And as I began to struggle to move, he moved. And, and as I moved more, he moved more. He was waiting for me to come. And here I am, physical me, on my knees, asking Jesus to please help the Benny I was looking at in the vision. And then suddenly, I moved a little, you know, better. And I got straighter and I got, you know, I was... Uh, moving easily, and the Lord came, and I came, and the Lord came, and I came, and, and the Lord came, I should say, because I'm the one, he, he just said, come. So the Lord didn't move till I moved. And all he said is, come. And as I moved, first with a struggle, and then it got easier and easier, and suddenly when we got together like this, I was totally straight, totally straight. But something happened later that I'll never forget, where he and I became one, and I disappeared, and all he saw is Jesus. And I think that's our destination, all of us. You know, this uh, glass of water here that I have, this water came from different sources. You know, sometimes you put uh, from one bottle, take another, and put a little more water from another bottle, but you can't really tell which source it came from, right? Because it's all now one and that's what's going to happen one day when when the lord and us are so united you'll never be able to tell the difference so when we shall see him we shall be like him as he is what a day that will be so abiding that's the key that's that's our responsibilities to abide and and that's where you see fruit in your life and if there's no fruit it's because you're not abiding so only his life flowing through your life and my life will bring fruit. I'll never forget when Chad asked me one day, he said, well, what's the secret to, to the Christian life? I said, let Jesus live through you. Just surrender, really, yield. Like I just told you earlier, the, 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 the headline of the Christian life is not uh, try <laughs> or try harder. It's yield. Surrender. Yield your members, Paul said, as instruments of righteousness. Give him your life. Let, let the Lord live his, his life through you. And that's the real secret. So it is, what, what, what happens is our life becomes that life that is totally dependent. There's no such thing in the Christian life as independence. We are totally dependent on him. It's a life of total dependence, 
daily for everything. So abiding in Jesus, remaining in Jesus means maintaining union, living as one. And that is what the Christian life is all about. And as you stay in that union, you will reach your destination, just like I saw in that vision years ago when I came to the Lord's Lord. And suddenly he and I became one, and I'm the one who disappeared. Jesus was still there. You and I disappear in him. We are in him. Oh, Lord, thank you for this promise. That's what we cry for. That we might be free, Lord, from self and from this life and even from this body of corruption. That we might be one with you, Lord. And on that day, we will be one. And totally free in you as we become one in you. We give you the praise. That's our destination. So the Christian life is not about you know, joy and peace and the assurance of heaven. That's just the beginning. The, the Christian life is, is about being transformed into his image day by day, from glory to glory, till one day it's only Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus, right? Well, thank you for being with me today. I pray this has been a blessing, and I pray this has been a strength to you. All right, it's time to give. And you know why I, I say that, right? Because we vote with our seed for the kingdom. Every, 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 every time we give to the Lord, it's not about money, it's not about money. Every time we give to the Lord, we're, we're saying, Lord, you can trust me. And Lord, I trust you. We declare our faith, we declare our trust with, with our seed. Not only is it an act of worship, it's also a statement of trust. We declare our trust in him, that he'll take care of our natural life, normal life. So I just gave you the, the secret of how we will be victorious spiritually. But, but, but how does God take care of us when it comes to the material world? Taking care of 90% of your time and my time is spent, you know, in the natural, making sure we have shelter and food and all the rest that we need physically. People work, people do this, this, 90% of our time. And God cares about that very, very much. And he gave us the secret. He said, if you give, I'll take care of you. Financially, I'll, God will, will take care of us. Give it, shall we give it unto you? Look, I have been in the faith 50, over 50 years. It took me a while to learn what I'm just sharing with you because I was not a giver when I started. I was always struggling financially. Dear Pastor David Story, who was my wonderful pastor in Canada years ago, asked me, you know, why aren't you giving? So well, it's between God and I kind of <laughs> didn't want to hear him. And, and he got kind of nervous and he didn't want to push me, you know. To, it was my father-in-law, Roy Harden, that began to really, you know, hit me hard with it. When, 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 when he said, I will not let you marry my daughter if you're not, if, if you're not a giver. <laughs> that was back in 70, 78. When, when he told me that, and I married Suzanne in 79. And the thing that is important is he was, he was bold. He challenged me about giving. He said, I will not let my daughter marry anyone who's not a giver. 
because he knew that uh, she, she would struggle too. And, and that's just the way it is. When we give, we receive. When we sow, we reap. And we have to let go of that seed. We can't keep it and eat it. We're not going to get anything out of that. So we sow that seed in faith. We trust God that he'll meet our financial needs and take care of our financial difficulties by showing him we trust him. So it's not about borrowing money and wondering, dear goodness, where is it going to come from? We trust the Lord. It's faith. And faith is like going swimming. Don't struggle. Just relax. Trust the Lord. Look up. Everything is fine. Givers will never fail receiving. Never. Because when we give, we receive. It's more blessed, the Bible says, to give than to receive. And so when we give, we live. The reason the Dead Sea is dead, it doesn't give anything. But when you give, you live. All right, it's time to give because it's the scriptures. I'm giving you only what the Bible says. So Lord, bless them as they give in Jesus' name and meet their financial needs. Yes, Lord, give them favor and bless them mightily financially too in Jesus' name. No lack. The Bible says about the apostles, none lacked among them, the early church. And the same for us if we obey. All right, you can give right now your seed. You can sow your seed on the platform you're watching me on, or you can go to our website, which is the simplest of all, benin.org, or you can text BHM45777. And tomorrow, a very special program. All right, much love.